0: Welcome back to the Save Zero Podcast, I'm Kevin, I'm here with Dan. We got a pretty interesting episode today about our individual top five most influential games of all time for us.
1: What makes this even more interesting is I, I, me and Kevin have not talked about this prior to this, so this is going to be kind of like a shock to both of us when we hear each other's uh, top five. Um, so I'm actually pretty excited about this. So
0: we're going to get into that in a little while, but first we're going to talk about Bloodstained and Soul Calibur Six. These are our game roulette games that we have been playing a little bit here and there, some more than others, and we're just going to touch upon that. So let's start with Bloodstained. And Dan, I think you finished Bloodstained, right?
1: Yeah, I actually just finished it the other day. Um, so it was a good game, right? It was definitely a good Metroidvania game. It's probably the best one I've played in a long time. However, it did start to get a little dry towards the end. Um, I mean, spoiler alert here, um, you know, once you do beat the game, you do get to unlock uh, Zangetsu, uh, which is a, a character that shows up and he's badass. Um You know, when you're playing as Zen Getsu, it's like you're super overpowered and it's super awesome. But it's just like after like 10, 15 minutes, I was like, all right, I'm bored. I don't really want to play this anymore. Um, I did enjoy it, though. I mean, it was it was it was definitely a fun ride. It just kind of teetered off towards the end for me. It's
0: one thing I'm always interested in. A lot of games have endgame nowadays, but some games do it better than others, like the Diablo and like played Wilson, all those ARPGs. They're great at making you want to replay it. But some of these, like bloodstained, has endgame. You can go back and replay it, but I just don't feel like I want to. I don't know what it is about it, but
1: yeah, I, I'm not gonna. I mean, again, beautiful game. Um, I I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it while I was playing it, but I don't think I'll be going back to it anytime soon. Right? Um, you know, I beat it. I'm done with it. It's it's put on the the non physical shelf for for yeah. a while. I'm feeling the same
0: way. I'm not. I didn't beat it yet, but I'm very close. Probably about another hour, depending on how long the last yeah. boss takes me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, yeah. dude. It's, it's it's one of the it's one of the most annoying bosses I think in any like uh, Metroidvania style game I've ever played because like you know the whole deal with the boss is now right. So you beat a boss, usually there's like a a save room you can go back to heal yourself up, get all your items back. But this one is two bosses, one after the other, and like I don't know because like, I was I was playing it you know the the other day, and unless I the first boss I didn't take a single hit from, I wouldn't feel comfortable going on to the, the the second portion of that. So like I had to master that first phase because once you get to the other one and you don't have enough healing items it just it really screws you right over. Um so I got I, I kinda rage quit a couple of times playing that.
0: And I love challenging games. I invite it. I love Sekiro and Dark Souls and um even other platformers like Celeste on Switch very challenging but i feel like some games just make it cheap not challenging and i think this game does that sometimes they don't really give you the proper tools to deal with some of the things that are thrown at you
1: i would definitely agree with that like you know dark souls like sekiro uh bloodborne all those games all the souls like games right they're challenging but Like it feels good when you when you beat that because it's a challenging it's a challenge that you know you can overcome right if you just memorize patterns if you do a certain thing the thing with bloodstained is it's like you know there while there is a pattern it's not it's not a rewarding feeling when you beat it it's like almost like pure luck half the time Um, you know and I even noticed in in the last boss um, you know the first phase she has a whip right Um, and if you're like standing a frame behind her for some reason that whip still gets you so there's like super annoying facets of that. Um, that you know, I don't really feel from playing the Dark Souls games. Like every time I died in a Dark Souls boss, like I deserve that, right? You know, I know what I did wrong. Um, every time I was dying in this, I was just getting frustrated because I was like, I was doing the same exact thing as I was doing before, you know, and I'm still, I'm still getting killed by this. So, um, I, I can, I can. There's, there's definitely a, a, a difference in challenging there. Yep,
0: and it could just be the mechanics itself don't feel as tight as other platformers. Like I don't know if you ever played Hollow Knight. But that game felt way tighter to me. The way the character moved, and you've you were agile, but it like you're agile on Bloodstained, but I feel like it's clunkier than a game like Hollow Knight. I mean, it's a different style. It's a Castlevania. Castlevania is not known for being an agile like
1: ninja, but I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And the thing is, with, with Hollow Knight, you know, kind of going back to, like, the bosses and, like, the challenging level and stuff like that. You know, in Hollow Knight, it was rewarding to beat a boss. Like, it felt good. Like, you felt like you did, you know, like, it was it was a hard battle. You got through it. You, you read the strategies. You did all this other stuff. Whereas Bloodstained still, like, there's something there that's missing. And I just don't yeah, know what after that is. The
0: bosses, I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, I don't remember half the bosses I faced.
1: Right. They're all they're all just kind of a blur to me, you know, um, so like I, I, I did enjoy it, but I just don't I don't think I'll go back to it and play it anytime soon. A play
0: through. I'd give it like eight out of ten if it was just to give it a random number. It's good, but yeah, it's I not, would probably say you know, the same.
1: Like you said, you're not going to go back to it, which is a good sign. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely worth me beating it. Right. It's like and that's like I think that's the key point. Like I did. It wasn't like I didn't shelve it or anything like that. I beat the game and then I'm just like, OK, I'm done. You know, I don't want to play that game. So I would agree. I think 8, eight is, a, is a fair a fair number for that.
0: And then there's Soul Calibur six.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. I love, <laughs> I love me some fighting games. I definitely games. tried to
0: get into it. I've always wanted to get into a fighting game. And this one had me for a little bit. But the thing that ruined this game for me is not even the cheap mechanics like the soul counter or whatever. I honestly don't mind that because there's ways around it. I just had to figure it out. But when I went to go practice to play online the net code is just abysmal and i feel like fighting games have one job and that's to make sure the competitive part works well because that's the whole point of a fighting game playing against other people and now since games are mainly online that stuff should be like locked down by 2020 but it's not <laughs> the online is just awful and that's why I'm like I'm not going to I'm just going to sit there with the training dummy for hours I mean I can do that but I want to test it against real people too and unless you have
1: somebody to play with all the time you know but yeah and, and the thing is too so like not only is there like never anybody to play with if you go online and you're just searching around right not only is there very few people but every every once in a while you get like paired with like this this absolutely like like tournament level like player you know that just one shot just so somehow like manages these crazy combos and like it's not even that's not even right. fun like at i'm here's trying to you know? just learn
0: like the basics of you know like a AA, a a a b block dodge and he comes in with all like these crazy things that's like okay i guess i'm not doing anything in this game <laughs>
1: Right, I went up against a guy, and I'm like I'm pretty decent with fighting games, right? And I remember I, I I was playing recently, and I got paired up with a guy online who got three flawlesses on me, like all <laughs> right in a row. I couldn't I couldn't do a single thing against him, and I was just getting angry. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to so play like, this between game between
0: the laggy matches and not finding matches, and then having the matchmaking be crazily misbalanced. I just don't want to put that much time into it when I know it's if that's what I'm going to have to be dealing with. Maybe Soul Calibur 7 will fix it. <laughs> but apparently it's a fighting game issue with, like, almost all fighting games have online issues for whatever reason. But meanwhile, I can log into Call of Duty Warzone with no lag. And if there's, like, hundreds of people playing at once, I don't get it.
1: Right. That doesn't make any sense. Like you said, that's, the, like, that's like the main facet of a fighting game is, like, you, you're you one-on-one, man. Like, let's go. How do, how do they not have that locked down?
0: It kind of stabs itself, I guess, because... It's because it's one on one. People don't want to invest the time because it's so stressful, and <laughs> people don't want to sit there and like get wrecked one v one
1: all night, you know. But you know, like we'll look at Super Smash Brothers, right? And I, I still actively play Super Smash Brothers. If I want to just play a couple of rounds, like I can go into quick play and have a, have an opponent within a couple of seconds, and you know, play them that are there at my level. So there's definitely something that they're missing, right? Because like Smash Brothers does it perfect. Um, I mean, there's there's sometimes a lot of lag in it, but like that's to be expected. Right, every once in a while, but like Soul Caliber, every every match, like every time you went to go search online, it would take like ten minutes to match up with somebody, and there was always lag present. So there's there's something there's something that they're missing there. And
0: what I find interesting is I don't know if you know what Evo is. It's a fight. It's a big fighting game tournament every year, and it's like all the top fighting games, and people come in and they the pros come in and face each other. And this year, because of COVID, it's all online. So they actually ousted Smash because the online is no isn't like apparently not good. But based on what I played of Soul Calibur Six, it's no better. If anything, it may be a little bit worse sometimes. Yeah. But that's still going to be in the tournament. So I don't. I'm curious to see how this tournament plays out when people are getting disconnected every two minutes, and maybe then developers will fix it after this, because it's like a big advertisement for fighting game developers, because it's a really popular event. A lot of people view
1: it. So. Right. Yeah, I mean I like like I said I I I love Soul Calibur. I love you know, I used to play Soul Calibur 3 all the time. I played Soul Calibur 2, you know, I up until I don't think I played 5. I think 5 was the only one that I didn't play. Um, you know, I love the game. I love the characters. I love I love the combos. I like, lo- you know, I love how it feels. Um, but I don't know, man. Like 6 just didn't, it didn't really do it for me. Yeah.
0: I really like the basics of the combat. Like yeah, there's big long combos, but I feel like they're not really complicated button presses. They're all about timing and countering and like, oh, you attack high, I'll attack low. I know all fighting games have that, but I feel like Soul Calibur is really the basics of fighting games.
1: Yeah, and I think it does that well. It's a it's a it's a prettier rock paper scissors. You know, that's a, right. you know that's essentially what it is. But like I said, like I, I the game is good, right? And I'm a big fan of customer. Er, uh, character customization like huge fan of that I I think I made a single you know a character for every single uh weapon in that game but like the, the thing that really really killed it for me was the lack of like the other people playing like I can play through the story yeah that's fine but like it's not it's not teaching you anything you know yeah
0: and like we can play against each other but again we we already kind of know how both of each other play so it's just gonna be the same right. thing every game Neither
1: of us are ever gonna get and, better off like, each other. other
0: right yeah we're only. We're just going to be a point. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll be another fighting game. I'll try at some point.
1: Yeah, we can do. I think Mortal Mortal Kombat I'm Combat X. I think I'm done for Phil Calvert. Yeah, yeah, right. Or eleven. I think they're up to eleven now. But yeah, yeah, no. Um, I mean, what would you say for that? I, I, I would probably say like seven.
0: Yeah, I would say similar seven. And I just. I feel like fighting games keep trying to appeal to the like a casual crowd, someone like myself. <laughs> I'm a casual fighting game player by having like the one button combos and stuff, but I don't like that. I want to have this the raw fighting game ness of a fighting game, you know? I want to sit there and sh- practice combos and master them and i don't want to have everything be placed to one right button.
1: because it's rewarding when you get yeah, off like the
0: cool... r2 the r the triggers like yeah. activate those one button hits which are, are really cool and they look awesome and i love using it to finish people off but i don't know yeah i mean it's
1: it's not rewarding either like when you when you right
0: and there's not really like it's it's a low risk but high reward yeah. i
1: feel because like you look at like smash brothers right I, I i keep comparing the two but those are the only two fighting games I, i'm playing currently but if you look at Smash Brothers, like, you know, once you start getting good at that, like you start pulling off some really ridiculous moves and like, you know, timing certain things and watching the other player and making you know, you know, constantly questioning what they're about to do to prepare your yourself for the next move. And like when you win a battle like that and it, it's it's rewarding, right? And Soul Calibur doesn't feel that way because it almost feels like it it's not it's less complicated, right? You just like, oh I hit A quicker than they did, or I hit A when they hit they, they hit Y. Um so it, it it there's a big difference between those two fighting games. I one thing I like about this
0: smash style is there's no other fighting game, like mainstream fighting game that plays like smash. It's not you don't have health bars. It's all about building up damage and then knocking them way off the map. So it gives you time to recover and like if you get you can get caught in a combo and save it where so Calibur I feel like you're just slowly taking down, I don't know. It's a di- I, I like the style and again Smash is not about these really complicated button presses it's about getting off one hit and then playing off that versus getting someone in some crazy combo that you yeah, learned
1: I, yeah I guess I would agree with that I mean, I do like uh, I do like pulling my combos off in Smash. I've been playing a lot of Greninja. I don't know if you if you if you're familiar with Smash and like just up countering people and like just countering them in the air and like that stuff is like stuff that I worked on, right? That stuff that I practiced and I put a lot of time in and like you know suffered through you know many you know trials and errors of that. And there's just nothing like that in Soul Calibur that I can do.
0: And I noticed like when I first started playing Smash, this is like the first one I ever really got into. I've never been a Smash Brothers person, but. I just always have liked Marth and his gameplay style. And I was getting destroyed all the time as Marth. But then I went and researched it and realized how to play him. It's all about like moving fast back and forth using your movement and like quick slices. And I practiced a few moves. And then all of a sudden I started turning the tides on people. It was.
1: It was right. pretty fun, and that's the thing. So the, there's but. there's all these like little intricate mechanics to every single one of these characters in Soul Caliber. It there's not that right. They all have different stances. They all have different fighting styles.
0: But they all like play right. the same. Like there's some are faster, some are slower. Like but. You
1: saw me. I mean, I, like you know, not to say that I'm better than you at that game, right? But we did play a lot of matches, and like.
0: No, you are better, right. I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, this is again this is like I've played the first Soul Calibur on Dreamcast casually because I liked right. the characters, but I never really Whereas you have been playing for
1: Yeah, it, I mean years <laughs> at this point, but like I could pick any character right. and I could still like be good enough to either beat you or come close right so like even characters that are notoriously slow like look at astroth right he's notoriously slow but i was still able to pull off combos with him by just following the same mechanics as as two as B, you know who's this ridiculously quick character um so it's like none of none of the characters i mean they have these differences but they're never there's never like a vast difference between them
0: true hmm. but the positives though I think the graphics are amazing in that game. They're very for a fighting game. Maybe that's why it has so much lag, but (laughs) the graphics are awesome. And I really, the story is pretty campy, but it works for, because it takes, it doesn't take itself too seriously, I don't think. It's very like comic book esque, I guess.
1: Um, I mean, my positives are again, custom, like character customization, because I, yeah, I, I love that in fighting games. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but I like create my own stories for my characters. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm, I'm, I. That's that's like my favorite facet of any fighting game. Um, but I also do just like like the characters themselves. I think that they're all very aesthetic. Um, right. I think that they're. I mean, being an anime fan, they're all very anime, and I like. I'm pretty. I'm pretty into that too. Big so, time. um, I don't know. I, I, it's a good game, right? I like Soul Calibur. I think it's a good fighting game. I just don't think that the, the like, six is the best because
0: this specific one. It's yeah. just that online. I think this it. is like a resurgence for yeah. them,
1: right? They haven't had a game in a while, which is good. So. Five. So the they, four was the last like really good one, right? So four four was the one with um. You had the, the Star Wars characters in it, so you had The Apprentice and Darth right, Vader. Right, right, right. Um, and four was amazing, right? And then five just kind of fell short, and then this was kind of their their, their pick back up. And I think it's good for what it is right now, um, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what, what they come out with next. Um, but they need to fix that online. Yeah. Maybe 5G yeah, will right?
0: fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to realize with fighting games, though, they're really starting to see their age. Cause they really haven't changed fundamentally since, like Street Fighter Two, <laughs> like made fighting games huge. They're all still very similar to that. Like Street Fighter Five is just Street Fighter Two with better graphics, pretty much. But it's hard to innovate without detracting something else. Like Soul Calibur is just trying to innovate by adding those like one button moves and the soul moves and whatever, but it almost makes it a little casual and then the people that are really into it don't like it as yeah. much anymore
1: and then at that point it's just like we might as well so. make another game right because this isn't soul caliber anymore so like i think that's like the big thing right they have to keep it so similar to its core otherwise like the solid fans like you said are not going to play it right so the, if they, if they, if they right. change a certain mechanic to it they would just have to make a new title like it wouldn't be soul caliber it'd be something else you know it'd be hmm. tekken um but and i've oh.
0: this is one thing i like about League of Legends oh, I'm going back God. to it again <laughs> because it is technically a fighting game the way it works Each, there's a character has its own set of abilities but it's five people on your team and it's free to play but it's a it's a serve. they're always updating it always changing it so it's stays fresh where instead of releasing oh now we're League of Legends 2 League of Legends 3 it's still the same base game they're just changing the base game like they would change the map they add some new object- objectives or whatever and i think Overwatch i thought they were going to do that too but it hasn't they haven't really done much in my opinion so i think fighting games should maybe take that approach just release like almost re-release like okay we're back to Soul Calibur 1 this is going to be the next game for, I don't know, 10 years. And we're just going to keep updating this base game instead of making a new one every time. Cause it makes people expect like it's going to be the next greatest thing, but then it's just the same right. game again.
1: Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I still don't like League of legends, but I, I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, you know, so for our next, uh, our next game that we're the, the, of the game roulettes that we haven't really talked about yet was, uh, we were playing remnant over the weekend. Um, and I'm a big fan of Remnant so far. I, I think we're gonna, mm-hmm. con, you know, kind of continue this out and kind of keep playing it throughout the week. Um, but like, I for a third person shooter, it just it feels really good. It feels really good. I mean, it's a mix between like Diablo, like Gears of War. Um, you know, it, it, like I, I can't think of the other game that I was thinking of before. But like, it just it just feels natural, right?
0: Hmm. Yeah, I like because it has. A third-person shooter skin on it it looks like gears of war but then it doesn't really it plays like an rpg kind of the way the movements are like you have to dodge and then counter you can't just go whale away you're gonna get destroyed we've had that (laughs) happen to us many times if you try to rush it you just lose you have to really take it slow and strategically and the game really forces you to do that it forces you to use your melee weapon and your gun because i i figured like wait a minute why do i ever use a I want to use a hammer if I have a a SMG and a shotgun, but the way they balance it makes it work really well.
1: And Dark Souls was the other game that it's like because it's got the bonfire system, it's got all that. I mean, and it's it's hard too. It's it's challenging. I mean, how many times did we die on that one boss? Like it was probably like seven or eight times, right? Before we had to go back, we had to figure out a strategy, you know, get certain upgrades, and then then you know try and go fight him again. Um, but there's also these like really cool puzzles in it that like we we accidentally stumbled upon, right? And then we figured out the the solution to it, and it, that was that was really fun. Yeah, it was
0: just it was just an extra armor piece too. It was yeah. like a secret. I like that stuff. I wish I had more yeah, of that. Yeah. So far, that's what I'm feeling. I, it's. I love all everything that's going on. I wish they had more secret armor sets. Maybe there is later. Or maybe there know. is
1: that we've just completely missed this entire time because, like, yeah, we, we probably have. would have missed that if we didn't start noticing that. Oh, why are these enemies yeah, popping true. out if we're stepping on the certain area? You know. Um. So I I I I think that it, I, I like that. You know, I think that it's 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 yeah. good for that.
0: It's really well balanced too, because a lot of like the Souls-like games, like Dark Souls, Neo, and the other. Whatever, how many other there are. Anytime you do multiplayer, the game is so easy. Like, oh, you having trouble with the boss? is someone someone else. So you go, just beat them in two seconds. Whereas, like this, is meant to be played multiplayer, so everything's balanced to have more than one person at a time. So we were still having a hard time with that boss, even though there were two of us. Which the is game what I like
1: harder, in my opinion, because I played it yeah, a little bit before definitely. me and you joined each other, and like I breezed through the beginning of that game. But as soon as me and you started playing together everything got much harder. Like, everything was, like, killing us almost instantly. Like, you know, we had to really come up with strategies into certain things you can't just run and gun. And, like, that one boss with the arrows, right? Like, that, I I beat that the first shot on my my solo playthrough. And then when me and you were going up against it, we kept dying, you know?
0: Yeah, that guy was tough.
1: (laughs) And there was additional moves that he had. He kept running away. So, like, that he didn't have in my single-player run-through of it. So, like, I like that aspect of it, right? I like how they make it tougher. Um, depending on how many people you have.
0: Yeah. But again, we're still early. I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come yeah. of that game. For we'll give sure. a
1: full review on that another time. But uh, I just wanted to th- mention that one, since that's what that's what we've been playing currently.
0: Yeah. So today's main topic is top five most influential games of all time. But I want to take a minute and set this up because I don't want to think of this list as like, oh, my top five best games I ever played or top five like greatest games of all time. It's the games that impacted you in a significant way to keep you playing games or get you rehooked or more hooked on video games as a media And the idea came from a Facebook, viral Facebook thing going around, asking people to do that, and everyone was sharing it and saying their top five. And -hmm. when I saw it, I was about to type something out, and I just couldn't do it because I I was thinking back, like, wait a minute. Is that really the most influential, though, like thinking of that word? And I still don't even think my list is exact, but I did my best to come up with the top five.
1: So. And I did something similar, so I, I, I mean, I, I came up with the, my top five influential, and the re, the way that I did it was, it was either it made me feel a certain way or it taught me something, um, or you know it defined a like a, a a specific, like genre of games for me, um, like when I think of right. that genre, I think of that game, um, so I mean, do you want to start off with uh, number five right now? Okay. Yeah. What's
0: yours? So I'll start out with mine then. Um, it's Panzer Dragoon for Sega Saturn.
1: okay. That's a throwback. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and my list is kind of interesting because my family had a different route in gaming. we were we didn't have Super Nintendo or the PlayStation One when it first came out. we for some reason we were raised on Sega. <laughs> I was a Sega kid, so we had the Genesis, then we had the thirty two x and then we got sega saturn and then the dreamcast and then finally we started moving on to like n64 and playstation and all that but so this is sega saturn and this is probably one of my first games where i like really learned that wait a minute games have this whole world and it's like a whole art all the character designs and the music and the gameplay it all comes together It. Games don't have to be just like one off little things. Cause before we would play like small like a pinball game on the computer or something like that. Like but then all of a sudden this game came out like you were you flew on a dragon and the dragon could shoot out of its mouth, you could shoot with a pistol, it was and you would just fly around and it'd be it was kinda like a arcade twin yeah. shooter. But it was full three D and had Probably still one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. And I really became enamored with the dragon itself, the design of it. It was this really cool, like, typical dragon, but it had this huge, like, lance on its nose. It was a big, huge bone horn thing. <laughs> and I thought it was the coolest looking guy ever. But it was kind of cute. It was almost like a cat. Like, it was very gentle, but it was still this, like, angry dragon.
1: You know, th- this, is what th- this is what's going to be interesting to me about this list, right? Like, I remember that game. But I don't remember it in the, yeah. the 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 same capacity that you do, which is like,
0: right. It was like a big game for our household. I remember we got oh come on, Panzer Dragoon, let's yeah. put it in, let's try it.
1: And we we were so amazed with the graphic. And
0: at the time, I think the graphics were very good, but it was like amazing to us just to see that on the screen. And
1: it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I'm gonna so my number five. So before I even start my number five, I'm going to just say that I'm leaving Final Fantasy VII off this list because I would automatically <laughs> just put it in every slot because I'm a, I'm a fanboy. Um, so I'm gonna completely omit it from this, right? And I'm gonna talk about other other games here. Um, so no hate Final Fantasy VII, but for my my number five is gonna be Sonic Adventure for Sega Dreamcast, um, because that game I remember the VMU right. I don't know if you remember that for the, for the second Dreamcast <laughs> yep. days. Oh, yeah. Um, and oh, that, yeah. like, I don't know. There was, like, something behind that, right? It was the Chow Garden specifically in the game. Like, like there was yep. a, a whole sub-thing that you could do, right? I didn't even care about the storyline of Sonic Sonic Adventure. Like, I just wanted to spend all my time in the Chao Garden, like, hanging out with these cool little Chaos and, like, you know, watching them race and stuff like that. And then you find out that they actually have <laughs> this, this whole plot in the main storyline where that's, you know, chaos, which is the enemy of that. You know, it's, it's this whole crazy plot that goes into it. But... Like, the VMU specifically, I remember sneaking that to school, you know what I mean, and getting yelled at, because, like... The little thing that went yeah, not the it controller, Yeah, right? it was the memory card yeah. with the screen on it. But it had
0: a little yeah, screen on it, yeah. it had little it. buttons, yeah. so you could feed great. the chow
1: and stuff like that. So, like, <laughs> yep. I don't know why <laughs> that game came up to me when I, when I was thinking about the influential games, but, like, I love that aspect of it. I think that was, like...
0: That's that was like mo-
1: that was like my Tamagotchi, right? That was my mobile gaming at that time. Was 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 was, and yeah. I guess that, that that just started off this whole thing for me. And like I think very fondly of that game, um, and I think that mm-hmm. that's where a lot of love for my gaming came from.
0: Yeah, um, have you ever looked back at old videos of it's that game? It's Terrible. It's crazy, <laughs> right? But I remember when I played that. I was like, "Holy cow! Look at that!" And um, that's interesting because Sonic Adventure is actually my number four really? game. <laughs> Yeah, and for similar reasons It was, again, similar to Panzer Dragoon One of the first games I really got hooked on I really wanted to get to the end And I was very young at the time And it was one of the first games I actually understood what was going on Because it's a very simple Sonic yeah. game And like you said, I love the Chao Garden I love running around the city And being all the different characters You could be like uh, the, what's the, Big the cat, big, the big, cat.
1: Big, you could be the robot Big the
0: cat, Amy yeah. You could be, oh yeah, the robot He'd be knuckles Yo, tails. and the robot
1: though had the Amazing. most depressing story. Like, like yeah. he had to go through and murder his whole family, and like they would just you know release the animal that yep. was trapped into it. It was really like upsetting almost. Like think back on it, but mm-hmm. go on.
0: For me, I don't remember a lot of that game, but I do remember the the very end where you went supersonic and he had to do that like r- jump on the city buildings and jump into chaos and like boop that badass (laughs) song was playing the
1: entire time (laughs) yeah yep
0: yeah i remember being on that and it's so vivid because at the time my brother was into trading consoles and games for other things on a website called game tz i don't know if it's still around and he i was playing and i was kind of raging i was young i think i was like second or third grade i don't remember and he came in, he was like, you know, you better beat that, because I'm trading in the Sega Dreamcast tomorrow. And then, like, this the terror like, filled my body. He's like, oh man, I have to beat this today, and it made me even more mad. But eventually, after like 20 tries, I finally beat that final boss, and it it felt so good. I was like, okay, the final game on Sega Dreamcast I'm ever going to be able to play. This was worth
1: it. It's funny, because I did try to play it recently, too um and like the voice <laughs> acting is so yep. bad in that game like but you know, but
0: you know at the time no one was really doing voice right. acting at
1: the time like i didn't i would never have noticed that but like now if you look at youtube of, of it like in just the beginning the opening sequence when sonic is like hanging out on a beach chair and you see tails is playing yeah. go down and he just <laughs> it, like horrible voice acting comes in and he goes oh no he's gonna crash Tails, look out! Ah, <laughs> it's, just, it's one of the yeah. it's one of the best lines in that in that entire game. Um, but it, you know, it didn't age well at all. But I still think that it yeah. is it is a really solid influential game.
0: Right, and it was big for me because, like I said, we were a Sega family, and before that, we I played Sonic 3D Blast a lot. Another one of my favorites. I wouldn't say it's my most influential, but because of that game, I was. In awe when I saw Sonic Adventure come on my screen, it was like fully realized 3D world versus the 3D Blast, which is like they're trying to get there, but it wasn't quite there yet. I don't play played it. It's like an isometric. Yeah, Sonic yeah, game. yeah,
1: yeah. I remember that one actually a lot. So okay, all right, well. So we'll, we'll, you know, we'll... Sw- that was my four. Yeah. <laughs> so your five was my four. That's funny, actually. I thought we were going to be completely yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, I was not expect. I didn't know you knew about Sonic Adventure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like I said, man, I had that VMU at school, man. I was the cool kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my four, I'm going to do um, Spyro the Dragon Ripto's Rage. Because uh, that was one of the few games that I I 100%ed. Um it, it, like, I don't know what it was about that one. I mean, I liked all the other Spyro games, but that one I I remember vividly going back to every single oh, yeah. world and collecting every single gem out of that. Um, and there was just something about that. There was some, some completionist aspect of me that wanted to see what would happen, right? And I don't think anything happened. I think you unlocked, like, a treasure stage at the end, but it wasn't really anything to run home mm-hmm. about. But, like, I have very, very fond memories of that game, and it just, like, it... I don't know, that, that I, I would play that over and over and over again no matter how many times I beat it I always went back to it as a kid that was one of my favorite games Um, and I I know that we said that this list shouldn't be uh, you know favorite games of all time but I think that this did really kind of make me still love games right and make me make that love for gaming grow in me
0: right yeah that's another interesting I this almost made my list but I left it off just because like I don't know I have to make room for other stuff but I think this game was balanced really well. It was really challenging, but also it was possible. You just had to really get it perfect it was It was very well made platforming oh, I yeah. think,
1: and that's like we're talking early days p s one so like for yeah for that, I mean it was a solid game. I loved the music to that game. I remember it vividly. I like the, the 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 music. Had, had a really cool yeah, vibe. The music was good. The the stages were good. Like all the world building was good. And
0: the progression, the progression too. It was almost like a Metroidvania-esque where there were certain spaces you couldn't get unless you had a certain ability. You had to go backtrack. And I love that element. Like there was a tiger guy. He could teach you how to double right. jump and fly and glide
1: and. And then there was all these other bags could
0: open up all those gates. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. And there's
1: all these like side missions that you could do <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just there was something about that game and that I can't really put my finger on it. But like it is it is one of I think, you know, it is one of my most influential games because I always I think about that game a lot. Right. And I, I actually still haven't yeah. bought the remaster of it. And I, I think I'm probably gonna. I've, been, it. I've played it.
0: It's crazy how easy it is now. It's like, wow, I'm, I finished the first, the first, I haven't gotten the Riptos Rage yet, but the first one I finished in like a few days, like, wait, I just blew through this entire game. I don't remember. I remember being
1: so stuck on certain sections. Which is funny because but, I have, so Crash Bandicoot was recently remastered as well and I remember Crash Bandicoot being easy when I was a kid that I'm having, I'm struggling with now as an adult. So, like, that's funny yeah. to me that, you know, b- you know, Spyro was hard as a kid, easy as an adult, and then Crash Bandicoot is the exact opposite.
0: I never played, I was never a Crash guy, so... I have the remastered one and I haven't really played it because, Crash. I don't know, I like having freedom of yeah, movement. Yeah, Crash
1: Bandicoot Warped almost made my list because I, I, I have very fond yeah. memories of that game as well. Um, but... True. Yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that that would be my number four spot is uh, Ripto's Rage.
0: Sweet. All right, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was gonna be like all the cool, all the cool games, you know. But we're just like all these Sonic <laughs> Adventure, Spirals, Ripto's Rage. But I think it has a lot to do with the time period. At the time, we were very young, and. Like, at that time in my life, the only thing I cared about was like playing the next best game. That's the only thing that mattered. I didn't care about school or like where I didn't have to worry right. about work. I like, all I cared about was like, man, I just want to play Spyro
1: when I get home. Right. And I'll <laughs> actually, there, there, I will, I will, I'm going to talk about that with my third one. Um, because yeah, like there's a very too. specific <laughs> thing that I used to do with, with my third game, yeah. but go on.
0: So I'm also a huge final fantasy fan. Um, But when I was making this list, I realized I didn't really learn to like Final Fantasy until I got way older and went back and played them. When they were all really big, 1997, 98, 99, I wasn't really that into them because, again, we had Sega Saturn, Sega Dreamcast. I didn't have PlayStation. But there was a game on Sega Saturn that I'll never forget. It was probably one of my favorite games of all time. I got it's Shining Force 3 for Sega Saturn and I never played the first or second one because I was probably like I don't know five years old when they came out but this one I was just at the age where I was starting to understand games and this game was very foreign to me at first because I was so young it didn't really make a lot of sense but I liked the character so much and I thought the graphics were so cool that I kept playing it had the effect like Final Fantasy 7 where it had like the base game, it was kind of like shabby looking, but then you went into the battle sequence and it like upped the graphics. And it was like that. Like the base game was all pixely and squarey. But then when you went into the battle animations, it went to full, fully rendered 3D, kind of like a uh, Fire Emblem, if you've ever played those games. Um, and a lot of the words and things I couldn't even pronounce because I just wasn't <laughs> there yet. And I learned, I actually learned... A lot about reading through that game through like scrolling the menus and the items and learning how that worked and I think what's so memorable is that I was never able to finish it because for whatever reason we only got the first disc and the second and third were never imported to English they're Japan only so I would just play through that first disc over and over again and I remember the last boss being so hard, and I just wanted to get to the next disc, but I never could because it was never ported. And to this day, I don't think there's any way you can play the second or third disc, which stinks. But I was actually watching videos of it earlier, and like the other games on this list, it did not age well at all. It looks like <laughs> crap. <laughs> it looks so bad. But at the time, I thought it was the best-looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And the characters, there this, there's like a centaur character, there's an archer, a healer. And it's like a monk It has all the, all the f- my favorite classes. And there was like secret characters you could unlock and stuff. And it was great. See, I
1: never, I never played and, that game. So I don't, I don't really know much about it. Um,
0: I would actually recommend, I was going to, I was thinking about this. I think you would, you should try, but not the third one. There's a Sega Genesis collection on switch and you can play shining force two. And I think shining force two actually aged better because it's still like 16 bit. So it still looks good. Yeah. And I've been playing that a little bit. It's And the gameplay holds up. Because Shining Force 3, the gameplay didn't change much. It just looks really... They tried to up the graphics. But obviously, that era of like level 1 3D graphics just doesn't age well. Yeah. So actually, it's better to go back to the Genesis and play that now one. Now,
1: let me ask you a question here. Because Shining Force 3 ended on the first disc, and you never got to play the second two, did you ever like look it up afterwards like to try and figure out what would happen next? No,
0: I never did. I might see if there's... Like, just watch a YouTube video just to see what happens. But again, I didn't really understand stories yet because I think I was, like, I think it was first grade. I'd have to go, like, really think about it and read it all out, but it was, like, first, second grade. So I didn't really understand, like, deep stories yet. And another reason I picked this game is because this game actually led to seeing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Cause i think i said the story before There was the
1: big shoes thing we
0: had we had friends over yeah, yeah and it's like oh wow look look at how much look at how good their shoes look and <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took and then that's when i got in the final fantasy 7 and that obviously is influential but without shining force 3 i probably would have totally missed the boat completely on the final fantasy series as a whole gotcha
1: yeah i mean i'll definitely go back and i'll play i'll play shining force 2 if it's on switch easy Um, but I don't know. I don't know how you how you've gone all these years without finding out what happens next because that would have that would have drive drove (laughs) me. Well, again,
0: I don't I don't even remember the story. I just remember the gameplay. I really liked the battles were awesome. Like there was one where, um, like you know how Final Fantasy Tactics it's just a square. You like every battle is a square, right? This game, like it was a whole map. You had to traverse, and there was one level where you had to make your characters move up this mountain. It was like a spiraling mountain, and I remember being stuck on it, and I don't think we had a memory card then, <laughs> and I had to go to school, <laughs> and so my mom let me leave the pl- Sega Saturn on all day so I could come back and finish it, because I used to play games in the morning before yeah. school. <laughs> at the fact that I remember all those little things is is why I put it on the list.
1: I mean that's definitely a very fair point. I don't think I ever I I've, I've ever I ever could do that like play a game before school because then I just wouldn't go to school that day. <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah I, I stopped doing it
0: because of that yeah. reason. Because like, you know what I just I would just stay home if I. <laughs> so.
1: Okay. All right. So my number three is going to be I don't know if you ever played it but. um there's a couple of games, right, that I'm gonna I'm gonna mention here, but they all fit within the same thing. Um, it's Warcraft three Reign of Chaos and uh, like Starcraft, the original Starcraft. Um, w- more so, Warcraft three than anything. That was my mm-hmm. first computer game. Um, that was my first PC game that I ever had, and it, I didn't. It, so like it like the, this is before like Warcraft was huge, right? This is before World of Warcraft or anything like right. that. This was the the RTS. This is a strategy game. Um, you know, I, what I would do with this game is I would just go into free play and I would just play with bots and that was, I would spend hours doing this, right. Constructing these, these, you know, buildings and the, 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 the towers in a certain way and like the villages. So it would be very aesthetically pleasing to me as a kid. Right. Um, hmm. and then what I would also do is I would, I would be when I was at school, um when I was supposed to be studying or doing my schoolwork or anything like that, I would actually be drawing on my on like the piece of paper in front of me, like how exactly I wanted to set up my you know, <laughs> my layout when I got home in free play, just to play for an hour and then that layout would go for go away forever. Um you know, so I spent a lot of time playing this game. And the biggest reason why this is influential to me is because this game taught me two things, right? Um it taught me patience and and in life, in general, and I and I, I say that and it sounds lame, but with a game like that, right, you you can't just rush in. You have to have a strategy behind certain things, um, and it kind of taught me to slow down and really kind of look over everything. I mean, I was young when I was playing that game, um, so of course, like I have hmm. a bunch of knights. I'm like, I'll raid that village, right? You know, but as soon as they crush me, and then they'll come back and destroy my entire village. So it taught me to like kind of you know wait, be patient be strategic hmm. about my movements and, you know, kind of figure out. And that translates over to my real life as well. Like it taught me a lot of things that I still use in daily life, you know, and it taught me how to play other games, like with a more strategic mind in matter instead of just like running and gunning in certain situations. Um, so that's why that made my list just because like I, I just think that, it, you know, it, 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 that patience aspects of it, right? Like that actually, that, this game actually changed something in me for the better.
0: Yeah, now, was Warcraft 3, was it like Age of Empires?
1: Yeah, so it was like an over-the-top, like, r- yeah. RTS, like, real-time okay. strategy. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, and I, I have a similar experience with Age of Empires 2, um, where I would set up the villages, and I would go raid people, but then I'd come back, come back and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting attacked from all angles, right. <laughs> and I'm totally defenseless,
1: yeah. Yeah, I just I, I there's there's this something about that that got me into that. Like so it's just like this this the strategy behind it, right? The patience behind it. And like waiting for them, you know, or not necessarily just waiting, right? But like being very um Specific about your movements, right, and time management, and just like I said, like like because that's all time management, right? You're building something up. You have five yeah. minutes before this resolves. Like, what can you do in that five minutes while you're waiting for this to resolve? Um, there's a lot. Of, there was like a lot of moving parts to that, and like I said, that 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 just. Kind of brought me to like basic strategy, basic patience when it comes to it. I mean, then you can talk about StarCraft Two, and if you're uh, if you're a jerk, you could play Zerg and just Zerg rush everybody, and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, those games really were about like you know waiting and strategy. wise Yeah,
0: Warcraft is more of like a building game, right? Whereas StarCraft Two is like competitive, like you just
1: building just to beat the other person it's the same thing dude it, 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 yeah it's the oh, same exact it? game like huh. so you're you are building to to, to take right. over the map right you're you're building to wipe out the other right. the other players that are on the map see
0: i would play age of empires 2 a lot on P- I think it was pc yeah it had to be pc on our gateway 98 or whatever <laughs> gateway 2000 um and i just like building yeah i didn't even like the fighting part i loved going and hunting the deer and then they bring back those really lo- nice looking steaks yeah. back to the camp. I could just, I, did, I remember doing that for hours. So it was Warcraft like that, where you, you like hunt and like get resources? Or yeah,
1: so you would get, gather resources yeah. and build up your, your community. Um, I think they're remastering it, and I would highly recommend picking it up. It is. It's out. It's out. out. I, it's out.
0: That's why I was. That's why I'm asking. I'm wondering. It's on the battle.net. I saw I'm it. gonna I'm buy sort of that thinking, tonight. Maybe
1: I'll check that <laughs> out. Yeah. I guess, like I said, I
0: although I saw it got I thought I saw it got really negative
1: reviews. Doesn't matter to me
0: because i like the port it's not good so i don't know yeah let me yeah, know what you I'll, think I'll, I'll still play <laughs> shit it. out of it
1: and like i said like i like i didn't play it for like the story or the competitive nature of it like i would just play in free right. play and just like i don't know build a build a build a home you know build a city and like slowly take over the map and i love those command and conquer games like that like i just love real time strategies yeah. because it allows me to do that like i can take my time i can i can build up my forces i can do you know really you, you know be very strategic in what i'm trying to do and there's a million different things that you can do in certain situations what i always love to do is like doing like pincer moves right i would have like a group of people over you know coming from the west and then like my entire army coming from the the, the east once they were distracted with everybody from the west so like <laughs> nice. it was like things like that that like like i said just taught me basic strategy and patience
0: and I, it was really satisfying when you actually got that big army and you like click and drag mm-hmm. that giant and make them all move and they're all like <laughs> And they all
1: start moving. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I. I'm I'm a big fan of those uh, those, all those RTSs like Stronghold. Um, you know, yeah. Stronghold was another one that I spent would spend hours in the free play mode and just build these giant hmm. castles and stuff like that. Um, but like I said, like I for influential wise, like just because Warcraft was a game that I played when I was young and it like taught me a bunch of things that I still use in my daily life, like that's why it's right. up there for me.
0: I I still always wonder why I just never got into Blizzard as a company because they've been around forever and I didn't start playing their games until very recently. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I I don't know how I. I think it's because I grew up at the as a Sega kid. <laughs> I don't know, and I just was very set on one thing. Yeah, I
1: and I, I mean, I kind of missed when it first came out, anyways, because. Yeah. I didn't really have a PC as a kid, right? So I had to use my mom's old machine, and I don't even know what that thing was, right? Because I remember when I got World of Warcraft a couple years later, I actually had to buy a graphics card and install it. So it couldn't have been that good, you know what I mean? So, like, um, I kind of missed the boat on a lot of the Blizzard games early on. Like, I missed the boat on Diablo pretty hard until Diablo 3 came out, um, you know, and then realized Mm -hmm. how good of a game Diablo 2 was and Diablo 1 was and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's because me and you were probably, we, we just weren't PC kids, right? We, we each, we were, we were console yeah, kids. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I only had like small PC games. Like the pinball games that came with yeah. every Windows machine. Yeah. Yep. yep.
0: <laughs> I'll save it for the honorable mentions. I have a, another game I have to mention that's very out there. You'd be like really okay. surprised, but <laughs> I'm going to move on to my number okay. two, which is. The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, sure. and it's very recent. I, f- I figured I wanted to get some kind of recent game on my list. And there is a point in my life, like after The Shining Force, Sonic Adventure, Final Fantasy, where I kind of got interested in other things, started skateboarding more. I joined the school band, and I was like, my mind kind of got off of gaming. I wasn't really that into it in high school and the f- early parts of college. And then ever since then I played like Mass Effect 2, like all those really great games, but they didn't really hit me. I just kinda just kept consuming them because I liked I liked playing games. But I think a combination of I was really hyped for the Switch, the point the stage in my life that I was in and um just Breath of the Wild was a very good game, all came together and it kinda rekindled my enjoyment for the single player big game where you can go is make it your make it whatever you want to make it. And um it pretty much rekindled my enjoyment of gaming beyond just like simple little things. Like I've again I played a ton of League of Legends, but then that came out and it kinda like reset me like, oh wow. There's a I forgot that these kind of games exist. And at the time I finished college and I was just kind of looking for jobs and I just finished a part-time job. It was a substitute teacher and that was over and the switch was releasing like the, the next week. So I had all this free time, <laughs> no job. Um, but it was also kind of a stressful time cause I didn't, I was uncertain of what was going to happen in the fall. Like was, I going to get a job or whatever. So when the switch came out, I had it pre-ordered and I went home and a bunch of uh, me and a bunch of friends all got our switches. We went to we went to his house and we all unboxed our switches and I started playing a portable and all I I just wanted to go home and plug it in and play big screen. And I did that and then I put so many hours into that game, but I haven't done that for a single player game in a long time. I haven't finished a game in a long time until that game.
1: And I played well over 100 hours and then completed it. See, and that's so, funny to me because I had the exact opposite impression of breath of the wild like i blew through that as quickly as possible right i didn't really yeah. I, it didn't the world didn't encompass me that much and i think you know this goes back to our open world conversation where like you know i love open world games but just something about breath of the wild didn't do it for me uh, i'll have to i'm gonna replay it though i, th- I think i played it I under think... a time crunch which was like my big issue right oh yeah definitely um,
0: Definitely, you can't. Because it was like yeah.
1: one of those things where I borrowed it from someone, so I didn't really have a time crunch. But like I knew deep down, like he's gonna want his game back eventually, you right. know. Um, so I think I already had that kind of laying over me. Um, I didn't really get super in- invested into it.
0: Yeah, you you gotta go. Definitely, I would try that again. All right. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. Um, there's just so much. I feel like Nintendo has this tendency they kind of stay quiet on things they let people you know they let PlayStation and Xbox and Bethesda take over the genre like obviously Skyrim's a very good open world game um they come up with all these competitive shooters and Nintendo just sits back and everyone make fun of them. Oh, they're casual. They're casual. And then it just drops these bombs. Like, oh, yeah, here's open world to us. And, <laughs> and they just, like, totally nail it. I feel like they really mastered the open world where you really can do anything, but it's still progression towards the end goal. I don't I don't know how to put it into words, but I think they just really hit the mark on how to do an open world game. And the physics of it, the things you can pull off, is just incredible. It is... I think also at the time I really wanted it to be really good. I was like, "Okay, I need please, please Nintendo yeah. <laughs> make this good <laughs> cuz the Wii U was kind of a, a sham. shame." Yeah. So I was, I really just wanted a new Nintendo console and I really believed in the game and I've been waiting for it, hyping and they were hyping it up and then when it came out, it was everything I expected and even a little bit more.
1: You know, it's it's, it's funny that you so. mentioned like, you know, all the crazy things you can do in that game cuz as I mentioned prior to starting this this uh this recording tonight um, that I have an unhealthy addiction to TikTok now um, because I'm 30 years old and I don't have anything better to do. Um, but there's one guy that I watch on TikTok that I'm subscribed to who literally just does 60-second short clips of him doing wild things in Breath of the Wild, and that's been making me think about getting it again, right? So he'd be, like, standing on rocks yeah. and doing all these cool things, um, you know, th- like the- just, like, the physics behind it. And, like, that actually is, is kind of sparking my interest back into it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have to, you can't look at it as like, oh, it doesn't have the same things as the old Zelda games, so I don't like it as much. You have to see it as its own game. You can't compare it to the previous ones because it really is its own thing. They take the Zelda world and they, it's a new game. Everything about it, like they don't have the traditional dungeons, but they replace it with other things. Just look for the things that they do new, and I think you'll be able to appreciate it more Uh, uh, versus waiting for the old game to come back into right you know like don't don't expect i don't know the fire dungeon because it's not there
1: (laughs) just look look for the new things instead and that's definitely very fair um yeah but seeing seeing as you're you're saying it's it's probably one of the best open world games if not the best one i think this is a good time to pivot into my uh my my number two of all time (laughs) Because without this game, I don't think open world would be nearly what it is now. Um, And it's Morrowind. Uh, Like that was my first open world game, and if if not the first, like all around that did it like as well as they did it. Um, Because everything was sandboxy up until that point in time. I mean, you had your GTA's that were out around the same time, but they were all very they were sandboxy and like you had the city limits. Morrowind was the first game that like right off the rip of the game. If you walk down a certain path once you got out through the whole tutorial thing, um, you know, a guy would just fall out of the sky, you know, and just fall out of the sky and die. <laughs> right. And on his body, he had three scrolls of uh, like some levitation or something, something jump in a diary that explained, like, you know, I think I got it. I think I mastered this out. You know, I did the scroll and it jumped. Yeah and you can tell that he jumped, right, and fell and fell to his death. But if you use one of those scrolls, right, you jump straight up in the air like wicked high, right, and you can go anywhere in that map, right? You can just you can just hmm. you know, f- launch yourself up in the air and just keep going north, right? You're going to die when you hit the ground, but that was like the first introduction to that game like this is how big this is. This is the open world environment, right? This is what open world should be. Um and that really defined that for me at least um, if not mm-hmm. for open world as, as, as a whole so anytime I look at an open world game like I want that right I want the freedom that Morrowind gave me um, where I can do all these cool things I can make all these choices I can you know stand on the top of rooftops in in, in cities and just you know, get up to mayhem you know what I mean um, Yeah. and like I said Grand Theft Auto did it well right but I think Morrowind was the first one to really
0: but the world was like Grand Theft Auto is like a realistic world you know, and Morrowind's is fantasy. That's that's, that's right. what you want. You want the swords and you know, and the spells, yeah. and like you Makes could sense.
1: create spells in that game. And what was really cool, and this may sound really sadistic and 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 mean, um, because now in my my adult life I feel bad for killing NPCs that don't deserve to die in video games. But what I would do <laughs> in Morrowind is I would I would create like spells like max out everything, right? And I would stand on the the the, the, the rooftop of a city and uh, the city of Balmora, and I would just launch this out, right, Do wielding, and you would just watch the spell, like, just kind of go out, and it would collide with something, and all of a sudden this big globe would just appear, and everyone in it would just be dead. And, like, that to me was amazing, hmm. because it just was, like, this, this, this was the first time that I could really just, like, experience what open world meant, right? Like, I have the freedom to do whatever I want. Like, I can go anywhere. This is my world. Like, I am, uh, you know, you're essentially this, this, this superhuman. You know, and you just get to experience that world like that. Hmm. So a little bit different from Breath of the Wild. Like I think Breath of the Wild is definitely a more refined version of that. But I I don't think Breath of the Wild would be where it is without Morrowind.
0: uh, Yeah. Right, of course. But Breath of the Wild it's open in a different way. Like they don't have the NPC stories and you can't just go and talk to it. It's more of just is nintendo's open world like think of nintendo and think of what how would nintendo do open world and that's it they nailed it yeah (laughs) it's an it's a very nintendo open world which is i love nintendo so to have them make an open world game is and and i you know i think that
1: (laughs) might be why Right. I think that might be why I'm not that into Breath of the Wild is because I come from Morrowind, I come from Oblivion, I come from Skyrim where like yeah, I can essentially do whatever I want, right? I can go into a city and if I wanted to, right. I'm not saying I do this or and like, you know, just if I want to go on a murder spree, I can kill everyone in the town, right? And I have the freedom to do that. Um, in Breath of the Wild, you don't really have that option because it's Nintendo.
0: There aren't really towns, like, there's maybe a couple, right. but and there's like know.
1: six NPCs total, so like, I like yeah. the NPC aspect, it's, it's of still, it.
0: yeah. And you know what, that just defined to me why I like Breath of the Wild because it still has a linear story. I mean, Morrowind has it, but it's pretty, like, you said, it's, you basically pres- play that game, just do whatever right. you want. Zelda Breath of the Wild has, you can do whatever you want, but it also has this overarching story that it carries you on. Like when you get to this town, you have to do this certain thing to progress, you know, which is why I'm not really a big fan of totally open world games. And this kind of kept me on a path still why I was still exploring. So gotcha. Yeah, Yeah, I'll probably But it this again. list. We're feeding off of each other really yeah. well because Morrowind came out in 2002 and I missed all Elder Scrolls. I had a friend who played them because he had a super PC. I didn't have it. But while you were playing Morrowind in 2002, I was playing another game that's my most influential game. As of, you know, I again, this list, I wouldn't say it's like a definitive 100% true, but when I made this list, I had to put this game at top.
1: Do you want to do on... Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime? Prime.
0: Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime on GameCube. Because for... The biggest reason is Metroid Prime. GameCube was my first console I actually owned for myself. I remember it was one Christmas. I got a GameCube and Metroid Prime. And it was like the best moment ever. (laughs) I remember putting on Metroid Prime and like the graphics at the time were incredible. It was everything I wanted from a game. It had like fantasy elements. You could had the amazing progression systems you could level up and i never played a metroid game before then so it was like my first metroid game so i didn't really have to compare it to the old side scrollers and be bitter about it or whatever it was this is my first experience and I i just thought it was at the time really pushed the envelope of how awesome games can be and how refined they can
1: look and it just really set a new standard for me I don't I know I don't think I ever played the original Metroid Prime but Metroid Prime Hunters almost made my list because that was the DS one yeah. and that was like the first multiplayer one where they had all the other bounty hunters mm-hmm. that you could be.
0: Metroid Prime is definitely the best first person Metroid yeah. game. Definitely. Hunters was awesome. It was a fun little I remember we played that all yeah. the time. Then we all had our DS. And, we all had yeah. our
1: characters too. But. None of us would be the other person's character either. Like I was always Weevil, yep. the, the one that would turn into the turret and stuff. Um <laughs> that 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 almost made the list because of that memory, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I'm not sure how the other Metroid Prime game I I heard they weren't as good, but that first one, man, I explored everything in that world. Like it just really hooked me. Really hooked me. And how like you start out with all these powers, and you just lose them, and you have to slowly get them all back. And at the time, I think it was 2002. What grade were
1: you in? I was <laughs> I was. I in was like 12, so that would probably put me in second or third. Eighth no, eighth grade. grade. Yeah, I don't know. I was <laughs> that second <wrong>. grade, 12 <laughs> <really> <laughs> got held back a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah, sounds about right. I, I think because I was like sixth or seventh yeah. grade, most likely. Yeah. And at that time, I was like 10, 11. And seeing that on the screen was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing <laughs> and I just it really excited me about games again and there's the thing is like there's so many games outside of these five it's hard it was hard to make this list, but I, it's just like these small details of the timing of it and when it was out when I played it. I'm not saying it's necessarily the best games ever it's just they influenced me the most just because of like I said the timing or what I was feeling at the time and things like that. Gotcha. So yeah, it's my top I five. I
1: think so. My number one, I think, was around out around the same time. I'm actually fact checking that right now because I'm not sure. Um, Two thousand nine. So this was this was this was a little bit after that. So I was wrong. Um right but my number one spot goes to and this was tough right cuz there's a lot of games that fit this yeah. this bill the 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 reason why i picked this one um i actually have a tattoo of one of those games that i, I that i left off this list um because i think this one this one's more influential <laughs> um but dragon age origins um hmm. is is going to be my number one because this was the first time that i played a game that i legitimately cared about the other characters in the story, right? Like, the, the the warden was the main character, but he wasn't really the main character. He was just who you were in this world, right? You had Morgan, um, you know, the witch. You had Alistar, who is, you know, the the, the king's bastard son, you know what I mean? Like, these characters right. all were in a living, breathing world, and you had, you know, and this is why I like Bioware, and like Mass Effect, it was like Mass Effect 2, Similar, specifically yeah. Mass Effect 2, because...
0: The space version of right. Dragon Age. But like,
1: I... <laughs> Dragon Age and Space. <laughs> Love that game because of the interactions that you have with your people, and this was one of the like and like obviously Knights of the Republic should be up here too, right? Because um, I think I played Knights of the Republic first, but Dragon Age was the one that really like defined your choices in the game matter, right? So like depending on what hmm. you chose to do, the game would have very different outcomes, right? Whereas Knights of yeah. the Republic had two endings, right? You would either be, be, you know, a Sith or not. You'd be a Jedi. Uh, Dragon Age Origins, there was, like like, three or four different endings, but, you know, and then they had, like, a bunch of different sub endings that, you know, that would lead up to those, those specific endings. Um, and they were all based on the choices that you would make. And like the, 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 the people mm-hmm. that you, like you could make Alistair the King, or you could marry the queen and become the king yourself, or you could put somebody else on the throne, um, you know, to, to beat the final boss, you would have to, you know, um, you could sleep with Morgan and she would have your, your, your unborn child inside of her. And that would somehow siphon the dragon's like spells. I, it didn't make much sense when I was, when I was playing this, but that was that was a thing. And those things <laughs> carried over to the later games, too. So, like, um, you know, Dragon Age right. Inquisition was the most recent title, and, like, in the beginning of Dragon Age Inquisition, because obviously there's there's such a big gap between the games across consoles, um, there's no way to import that data, but it gave you, like, you know, what were the choices that you made? Right. Um, and if you say that you, you know, went with Morgan that night to, you know... Kill the dragon, right? And she she got impregnated. Um, she would show up in Inquisition and your son from the first game would be there. And that to me was like, I, I don't know, that huh. was amazing to me to see that. That's cool. It's like all these years later, like there's the kid, like, you know, um, like those choices actually mattered in that world um and that was one of the first games that i ever really played that did that right so like like i said there was choices in other games all the way building up to this but i think this is the one that really defined that aspect of it and Mm -hmm. that's what made mass effect so good right that's what you know mass effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all times you know we we don't really talk about mass effect 3 that much but 2 was (laughs) it was still good good up until the end right i had a great time but like Mass Effect Two, like all the characters and all oh, the
0: yeah. all the one and two together, like as a combo. Going like one wasn't as you know, the gameplay wasn't as good, but the choices moving into two
1: were I think did really well. Yeah. No, and I I Definitely. would agree with that. I, I I like the story
0: of I like the overarching story from one to two as yeah.
1: well. When you first find out about it the Reapers well and then you have to yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I love like that. it's I like like they do all Bioware games do this, the earlier Bioware. They start out so simple the stories. And they evolve so much. Like Inquisition starts every... That's the the Dragon Age game I played. I didn't... Unfortunately, I missed the boat on the first couple. But I really got into Inquisition. And it started out so simple. And then all of these events erupted out of it.
1: They do that yeah, really well. Yeah, and then it got wicked crazy. Did you beat Inquisition? So you find yeah. out like Solos was a mastermind behind it yep. the whole time. Yep. It's
0: like shit like that. It, it cal- I really was not expecting that. That's the, A lot of games, you, I know what's going to happen, but this, they really threw that at you and I was not expecting Oh yeah, me. he was
1: my boy, man. He was always in my party. I liked his character. <laughs> right. and I was like, oh shit, you've been sticking so around?
0: We're running pretty long here already. This is a good yeah. episode. But I want to do an honorable intervention because <laughs> this game, I can't get out of my mind. Every time I think about this, I was like, man. Does this belong on the list? And it really does, but I didn't know where to put it. So I know you said you wanted to try a lot of games like Breath of the Wild or Shining Force. If you really want to go back and try one of the best games ever, it's got to be Jumpstart Second Grade. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. This game was so good. I'm not even trying to be a meme right now. I play this game so much because I feel like I did not do well in school in second grade. And my parents got me this game and I was like killing it. I was like, man, I can do this. I'm a good second grader. And it was like a point and click adventure game. But all the different areas you went to, it was like a big puzzle game because they all had their own little mini games. Like you could play Frogger, but it was like math version. There was one where you had to like drop these icicles or whatever, and it was, like, fractions. There was, like, reading examples, but it was a story. Like, you quested through all these different things, and you had to do it in a certain order to beat the game. And I don't think I ever beat it, but I
1: I played the hell out of it. You got to go back tonight <laughs> and start <laughs> playing that? You got to do it.
0: If I can find it. I wonder if it's on Steam. <laughs> Have you? Do you know in the state It's like the little frog yeah. guy brings you around. It's... It was, i never played any of the other jumpstart games but jumpstart second grade it was very memorable i'm I'm never gonna forget jumpstart second grade So
1: one of of these nights we're gonna do a live stream of (laughs) jumpstart second grade honestly if i can find it that'd be amazing um okay that's fair so i I did have a couple of honorable mentions too and you know one of them, uh, well, actually both of them, right? So I'm gonna try and go through them pretty quickly. But both of them, neither of them are actually video games, right? But I think that they did define. Um, it's so yeah. Game. I think yeah. they did. They helped define Same video thing. games. The first one being Dungeons and Dragons, right? Um, you know, obviously Dungeons and Dragons used to have this big stigma about it, about being like you know for nerds, and it was this whole thing. Um, you know, and recently it's been made a resurgence. But I think we wouldn't have video games the way that they are today without Dungeons and Dragons right it modernized like the, the, like. Dungeons and Dragons was what an RPG was like it was a role playing game right mm-hmm. and all these RPGs that we're seeing from then, even like games with stories in them they're all based off of Dungeons and Dragons mechanics right you know and I, I, I think that that real we wouldn't have games today like we did we, we do if it wasn't for Dungeons and Dragons in the first place
0: yeah it was like the um what's the word the low-tech version yeah. of a
1: modern RPG. It was the predecessor to everything, I think. Um, you know, right. we wouldn't have what we have today without it. Um, and, I mean, obviously, I still play it, and I very I think very fondly of, of, like, my games. Like, you know, obviously, it's a team-building exercise. You get people together. You know, you have to solve problems together. Um, you know, if one person's doing something crazy, that can screw everything up for everyone else, so you have to be very careful of what your decisions are. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think that that's... That, that deserves a mention at least. Um, the other one mm-hmm. is, is technically a video game is magic. The gathering, um, magic MTG arena specifically. Um, because when I was a kid, I would used to play magic, the gathering all the time. And I think that that taught me reading comprehension, right? I knew how to read, but I didn't understand certain things. And like with magic, the gathering and playing with my friends, like it made me actually understand like, Oh, if I'm reading this, right, this does this, this does this, you know what I mean? And building all these strategies based off that, um, and, like, I think that that's an influential thing in its own right because it basically taught me how to comprehend stuff. Right. But, yeah, that was, I mean, that's it for me. That's that's, cool. that's my list. Yeah. I think we did yeah. good.
0: It was interesting, but I feel like we weren't curating it just to try and sound cool. You know, like, oh, I like this really indie game that no one knows about. Like, besides a few, but, I mean, this is my honest list here. Panzer Dragoon, Sonic Adventure, Shining Force 3. Breath of the Wild, Metroid Prime—they're very all over the place. I feel our games yeah. platform—they're like every genre, which explains how we are today because we just play every game we freaking right. see.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no—I I mean, I yeah. like how Sonic Adventure ended up on both of our lists because that was—that was—that was, the, that was, that was yeah, kind of shocking. Yeah, I was not <laughs> expecting that.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're not doing game roulette this. Well, we are, but it's random. Yeah.
1: Congrats! You hey, win again.
0: <laughs> so, this has been episode five. <laughs> Yeah. All right. See ya. See ya.